0: you'll say, this is the end. I can't do it. There's no way I will ever smile again. And then somehow you find yourself smiling, whether it's a broken smile in the next few days, or it's a big smile in the next few years. And then it's a broken smile again. The idea is that you will find hope again, and you'll see that you are much stronger because of God's strength in you. So definitely, yeah, be encouraged and know that you are loved.
1: I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming, seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head off the ground. I see the walls before me, I know what change is coming, I hear the world is falling, so I keep my head off the ground. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Welcome to the Barrier Breaker's Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Today, I'm joined by my guest in Forbes, and we're going to talk about finding healing. That's our topic for today. Jelan, do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Jelan, as Joyce said. (laughs) I am Gambian, and I currently live in Canada. I moved here in 2012 for university, and I work and I live here. So yeah, that's kind of me. Awesome. Jelan is my little Gambian sister. We've known each
1: other for like since you were a baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think baby, but I think like seven years when you were from five ish seven years when we used to come and almost and I would come and babysit you sometimes. Yeah, that's right. That just shows how much older Joyce is than me. Right, and we've been rocking through it all. I'm grateful for this friendship and how far God has brought us. So, Jalan lost her mom in 2012. She was an amazing, amazing woman. I remember when I just moved from uni from London back to Gambia and I was seeking like career advice, how to grow as a person, what to do. And I was still looking for a job at that time. I remember going to her office and just sitting down and just asking her questions and she was advising me and like she was the go-to person, like my go-to person when I needed advice (laughs) on certain things. And I remember she had the Whispers Girls when we are younger and we'll be recording songs. I remember girls talking to girls (laughs) she loved girls and like She always wanted to pour into women, into girls. And it was so amazing to just sit under her feet and just listen to her. And she's one of the reasons why, like, I am here today, like, being as strong as I am and being who I am. Like, I just feel like she lit up our world that I just want to continue lighting, keep the fire burning just because of what she's instilled in me as a woman. And then she went in 2012 and it was like, whew shocker I couldn't like understand and Jilan wasn't there she passed away in Gambia and Jilan was in UN Canada by that time and yeah we were chatting at that time she was asking me oh how is my mom doing because by that time she wasn't feeling well and we're chatting at that time but I didn't bring the news to you it hadn't happened at that time but I don't know whether I would have been able to do that but how did you process the
0: whole thing? Yeah, as you can imagine, it was definitely earth shattering for me Um, finding out that my mom had passed away while I was in university. I'd actually just gotten to university. I was there for two months. So obviously we had done all this prep work to get me there together and finally sent me off. And then just to receive that news, like you said, it was a big shock. And yeah, it was definitely tough. I think the biggest piece for me was not being there. I think it does something when, yeah, you're just not there, right? You're almost far away. And so you get a phone call telling you that the person you love is no longer here. And I can't quite explain what that does. Honestly, I don't know that there's words for sort of, of just what was happening. I, honestly, I did felt like I wasn't hearing what I was hearing. I feel like my heart was racing. It was just so much emotion as my world really felt like it was crumbling at that point. So, yeah, I definitely think the first year was absolutely awful. <laughs> first year was marked by a lot of shock. Yeah, I think I just lived in shock as the months went by. So I did go back home, of course. We had the memorial service and all of that, but then had to actually return back to school. So even that just seems so surreal, you know, going back, not fully understanding what had happened and then having to come back to school to still continue my education. Yeah, in a new place, learning, kind of adjusting to a new culture. The winters, bruh, the winters were so cold. Unfortunately, it was a very dark, very hard year. So I would say that's kind of how I the process began, at least. That first stage was marked by a lot of challenges.
1: Can you give us some fun memories about Mama Lise? That's how we called her.
0: Yeah, Mama Liz, That definitely. Well, I called her Mommy, but <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's so funny. Just, you know, even as you were just talking about her, similar, I guess it's kind of strange where growing up, I'm the only child of my parents. Um, I mean, we lived in Gambia, which is the smallest country on mainland Africa. And then we're in a small Christian community in Gambia as well. And so I think just with those factors, my mom was really my best friend, to be honest. I grew up, most people would say spoiled, (laughs) but yeah, with my mom just sacrificing and pouring into me and uplifting me and just speaking life into me. And I think, yeah, as I moved into my teen years, of course, like the rambunctious teenager and me, definitely butting heads with my mom, but (laughs) Yeah, she almost shifted from obviously like a best friend, but to more of like ground, like she was like a rock where in my instability of all my crazy up and down teenage raging emotions, I knew she was a place that I could come back to bear my heart, to look for hope, to look for trust, to look for relationship and to point me to God. Her faith was so key to her life and she really modeled that for me. Those are some of, let me think, fun memories. It's just, yeah, us doing silly things, baking together, singing together. She absolutely loved Christmas. So yeah, we would go all out at Christmas time making big meals and decorating and we'd always have someone over, a guest over to spend Christmas with us. And it was amazing. She was an amazing woman. And I think even as I grow, as she's no longer here. I keep discovering like things about her and some memories and some of the actions and the decisions she made. I just see her strength, her tenacity and just her love for people. Yeah, she loved people and she was always
1: a given person. And that's one of the things I really loved about her. You know, she's and very welcoming and when you talk about those teenage years i think every teenager goes through that like <laughs> We never understand why. In fact, some days you're like, am I adopted? <laughs> you my mother? Are you my father? Like it's crazy, you know. <laughs> you don't know what to do, but definitely it's after that you realize, hmm, he or she was trying to just direct me, direct my part, just to give me that ground and you know, so that I don't become a wayward child or just leave my life anyhow. And I believe that's one of the reasons like who you are today and stronger today. Yeah. So how has it been like, when did you come to the point where you're like, I'm okay now, I'm better? Or when did you come to the point where you're like, I think I found healing or have you found healing?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I want to look back to 2015, 16. Those were almost pivotal years where I started to definitely see a change in how I was experiencing my grief. And so I want to clarify, (laughs) I'm still on my healing journey. I think the biggest, biggest lesson for anyone going through grief. And they'll tell you if you've ever done counseling or read books on grief is that it's a journey. There's not a destination. But I think looking back to those two years, I started to experience grief differently. Just the hopelessness and the darkness and the lo- the feeling of overwhelming crushing loss had lifted. And I want to yeah. say that that was because of me starting to to relearn who God was in my life. I started to encounter encouraging people, people that were walking out their faith that showed me such great compassion that were there to comfort me and to just talk to me and process with me. And I think that year I really had an influx of such people come into my life where I was able to have safe spaces to process some of those feelings, overwhelming feelings of, you know, not having my mom and not being able to call her and what does that mean? what does that, like, who do I call in place of my mom? Just questions like that, that you never had to think of or answers that you never had to find. So I would say, yeah, those two years were years of me just building solid relationships that just so blessed me. And I think starting to also dig into the Bible and started to experience God for myself and started to learn that, oh, God is good. And that, yeah, like he loves me and that he is, in control and that loved my mom as well. And that I can hope because of him and that I can experience joy. And I think the biggest learning was not understanding that the joy and grief almost have to coexist in a balance. I really struggled with that of, you know, how can I be happy when I am somewhere in me, I'm still sad, right? In my happiest moments, where also my sad moments because my mom wasn't there. Yeah, like my family and I can share these joyful moments with the family and friends I have, but a very big important presence is missing. And so I think I started to learn that, oh, I can balance those two. I think that started to change how I experienced my grief that I can have hope And I can also still miss my mom and still grieve that she's not around anymore.
1: I like the fact that you said it's a journey because sometimes some people just expect you to be like out of it, like just snap out of it in a year or two. You know, they don't want you to continue because they feel like, oh, it's gonna, you're gonna be depressed or you're not gonna be a better person or whatever. But it's a journey and it's okay to grieve as well. You know, it may, however long it's gonna take you. I think the thing that is important to do is, to also try to progress as you grieve, yeah. What do you
0: think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think to your point, I definitely had people say in my life, like, oh, you know, you just need to move on or, you know, it's still, it's been two years, it's been five years and you're still experiencing um, these overwhelming emotions. You shouldn't, you know, whether it's like have more faith or some of these um, comments that I think come from a place of, you know, possibly people trying to care, maybe not having the right (laughs) words. But I think more importantly, it does come from a place of fear of them being fearful that you're going to get stuck in those emotions and somehow you'll be drowned in them. Like you said, I think there is a place for those emotions to exist. They don't disappear. (laughs) If you've loved someone and they're part of your fiber and like someone like your mom or whoever it is that's close to you that you've lost that that doesn't just go away so instead of people saying you know get over it or putting a timeline on healing instead it'd be cool for them to actually celebrate the process and the journey of healing and being able to see you making that progression and that taking those steps as you move along your journey, but also being able to allow for those spaces where you do, again, at 50 years later, become overwhelmed with that feeling of like, oh man, like I just had my kids just went off to college or whatever it is. or I just got married or I, this big life event happened and this so important person is no longer here and being able to give yourself permission to experience that. And and having a safe place to experience that, but then being able to keep moving and to keep experiencing joy and hope and to keep on that journey. I like that
1: part. Give yourself permission. That's very important. Did you ever feel that, I know mommy had the school. Did you ever feel like you had to get strong because of the school and be able to run the school? Did you ever feel that way? Like, hey, Jalan, get up and you have to stop crying. The school is there. It has to move on. Did you ever feel that way?
0: Definitely, goodness, like the pressure that... I put on myself. And I think, you know, if there's people listening that have lost people and, you know, maybe they had a business inherited from either a father or whoever I can probably relate to that. I think we tend to push ourselves here. We tend to say, you know, OK, it's time I need to fix things and I need to push down whatever I'm feeling so I can function. And I think I tried that. And I would say that it was not a successful method. <laughs> I think what then happens is that yeah you haven't quite processed or healed from those emotions what you've actually done is delayed the healing process which then just is like almost a time bomb (laughs) waiting to explode so what you can do is yeah push it down and in my self-effort I'll focus on school I'll like go back home I'll run the school and that was definitely a place that I was at or And I'm so glad that I found that, or I was like, okay, I can actually be at peace with this journey that I'm on because my story is being written by God, who is the author of my strength (laughs) that I'm trying to find within myself. And so if I just surrender to him and say, Hey, you know what? I am so beat down. I don't even know how to get out of my bed this morning, but I think it starts with the acceptance of this is where I'm at. And then going on to, okay, what can I do with where I'm at and taking it step by step. And somehow I do, I actually personally saw that I was, yeah, building resilience and strength, but first by accepting where I was, not by shoving it down or escaping it, by actually dealing with it because then I had power over it. It didn't own me anymore. It wasn't this scary feeling that I would have to come back to once I finished doing the things that I needed to do, because I think that is the illusion that can come with, okay, come on, just push through it. It's like, have you actually dealt with the thing that is standing in front of you? Is it just waiting for you or can you actually deal with it and then And maybe that looks slower and we need to be okay with that. I think sometimes we see strength as this quick bouncing back, right? Like the most incredible strength stories are like, oh, the next minute, this person, like, they just set up themselves and they changed the world. <laughs> Great. That's one kind of strength story. But there's other strength stories of people that did it bit by bit and they still made up at this. They still overcame those challenges. And I think I lean even more to those strength stories because they actually dealt with those giants. And that's something that I would say is a better way, at least from my experiences. People process different things differently. So So if
1: you are the one that can just bounce back, okay, fine, but don't judge another person that is taking their time, you know, finding themselves and coming back to that place where they can be whole again. And again, it's a journey. So if you are slow in that area and you are taking your time, finding yourself, don't judge another person that just bounces back like that. Like, and don't ever try to compare yourself and feel like, oh my God, that person just bounced back. Oh, and I'm still here. No. And another thing I wanted to say is that God is our comforter. I mean, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter, God is the kind of person that is like so strict and things like that. Just come before him and be like, Father, I really cannot do this. Tell him your fears, your anxieties, whatever it is that you're going through, like just come before him like you did, you know. I really cannot do this. This is so hard. I can't do this. God help me. And just be open to him. Tell him your truth and whatever you are feeling inside of you, whether it's anger, whether it's joy, whatever it is, just let him know. Be open to him about it. And you see how he will just just come in and just heal you and just touch you and show you areas that you need to work on and show you things that you need to do to be better. Because he's not like, Oh my God, you didn't do it this way. You didn't, like, he's not, he's a father. <laughs> like he loves oh, you. Man. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I uh, remember just after that, Or a year or two after that, you got a scholarship. And it just shows, I mean, in your school, in your university, it just shows that God is still there. And I kind of believe that whether or not Mama Liz was around, you still have gotten that scholarship. I kind of believe that because I
0: don't know. That's a good question. Honestly, I don't think so. (laughs) No? Because... Well, actually, so the reason why they had picked me was part of also hearing my story of just coming and seeing, yeah, some of my, you know, the resilience of like still trying to achieve my educational goals, even being so far away from home and just losing my mom. (laughs) So, maybe I'd have gone a different kind of scholarship. Maybe. But I love that you bring that up, Joyce, because that was a defining moment for me. I think it really was a moment, obviously, in the thick of just despair of, you know, my mom is no longer here. I'm in this country learning how to live on my own, trying to pursue my degree. And I think it was just such an amazing way that God showed me that. He sees me and that he is for me and he's writing my story and he has good things for me. And I think that was what was robbed from losing my mom. The enemy tried to, Yeah, just like robbed me of that joy of like, oh, God must be really bad because how can you see me going through all these things or we can do that and, and kind of lose focus and lose what is true, more importantly. And so I think that was a huge reminder. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, I literally went to university for free accommodation and all. So it was an incredible act of God. And it's one I often look back on just to remind myself that of how much God loves me and his faithfulness
1: yeah I think I remember the scripture you said was it Isaiah 40 or Psalm 40 do you remember the scripture that went with it?
0: I do not recall
1: <laughs> I think it's the one that said his hands is not too short or something
0: like that okay we're
1: gonna skip that part oh
0: okay well we will find it at the end of the podcast <laughs> okay no problem <laughs> I definitely said there were a lot of scriptures. I think that, yeah, we're just in line with that. It was just this idea of God just felt like, you know, I was under like, This is the analogy. It felt like I was under like so many bricks, like this explosion happened and I was like at the bottom of like all the rubble, all the dirt. And it was like somehow like God's hand, like literally just like grabbed me from under there. That's how it felt when it happened. What encouragement
1: would you give to people going through times like this where they've lost their loved ones to
0: keep them going? Like what encouragement would you want to give? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I guess people listening right now, especially with everything going on in our world today. Yeah. If you're listening and you have lost someone that is close to you. Yeah. I just want to, first of all, say that I'm so sorry for your loss. I acknowledge that pain and that place that you are in. That is a real, real space. Those emotions are real, And I just want to say, though, that as real as that pain and that despair might feel, there is a greater presence. You might not feel it as strongly right now, but it is there and he's not going anywhere and it is God and he's holding you. He's holding your heart and he's in control. And I think it'll take one day at a time pace yourself, take it one day at a time, and remember that you are loved. That what has happened doesn't take away the fact that God loves you dearly and that he's for you. And I think as you walk through this journey, it is a journey, so give yourself permission, big word here, permission to grieve and know that you will find strength. There will be this miracle Most people will tell you with grieving, you'll say, this is the end. I can't do it. There's no way I will ever smile again. And then somehow you find yourself smiling, whether it's a broken smile in the next few days or it's a big smile in the next few years. And then it's a broken smile again. The idea is that you will find hope again and you'll see that you are much stronger because of God's strength in you. So definitely, yeah, be encouraged and know that you are loved. You are loved. I love that.
1: And so this brings me to our second segment where we highlight a barrier breaker. And I'm going to highlight this young lady that I use in August 2020 as a barrier breaker of the month of August. And her name is Dr. Marcella Ryan Coker. She is from Sierra Leone. And one thing I loved about our interview and some of the things I learned from her was her faith, her stepping out on faith. And, you know, We're here to step out on faith and defy the odds. And she took a step of faith and applied to University College London, UCL. And she took a step of faith and applied. And this university is one of those universities that's kind of like hard to get into. And it's like, if you get in, you should just thank God. And it's one of those expensive universities as well. But She was like, I'm going to apply. And somebody, she said she was reserved, she was shy and, you know, all of those things. And then now she's like, you know what? Let me just take this bold step and just apply and she applied and she got into the school. It was so exciting. Like she was super excited. She was happy. And I mean, she said right now, people are like asking her, how did she get into the school? What did she do The process that?" But she just took a step of faith and then she went. And her taking that step of faith and going to that university led her to meet the Duke of Sussex, <laughs> Prince Harry. And that's amazing. Like You never know what taking a step of faith would lead you to. You never know what you taking that step of faith would help you do or who you come across or where it's going to take you. I mean, she didn't ever think, I don't think in her mind, in her wildest dream, she thought that applying to that university will make her meet the prince. But like, come on, I was even excited for her when I heard the story. I was like, woo! And she had pictures and everything. I was like, oh my God, like it was amazing. And I was so encouraged. It just lets me know that Taking a step of faith is very important, and the Bible says, "Faith without works is dead." And so, as a human being, as a Christian, as a believer, I think taking a step of faith is always part of our journey in life. Like no matter what you do, take a step of faith. No matter you're like whatever you're going through, I mean, pray about it. And I always say this: that sometimes God is waiting on us. Sometimes we are just praying, we're like God, I need direction. I need to go here. I need to go. But God is actually probably showing you the way, and He's just waiting for you to take that step. So, what step? I'll ask this question for. Whoever out there, you're listening, what step is God asking you to take that? You are just waiting. Yeah, you keep saying, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. He's probably telling you to take a step of faith, to do something. You know what it is. Just take that step of faith. You don't know where it's going to lead you. I said in my first episode, if you listen, starting by because Corona is just a step of faith. Like I could just hear God saying, your assignment is calling you, your assignment is calling you. And then I started it I didn't even think of a podcast coming out, you know, but God let me here and meeting different people and being able to talk to different people. That's a lesson I learned from just taking that step of faith. What lessons have you learned, Jalan, in 2020?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. 2020 has been... <laughs> Oh, goodness. I hope everyone listening to this is laughing. That, you know, that kind of funny but nervous laugh, but funny laugh that we all laugh when we check the news and we see some other crazy thing has happened. Right. right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that's been 2020. But yeah, some of the big lessons. I mean, come on, like I think the big illusion that we had control has just been busted, right? Like, that is one of the big ones that I'm like, whoa, we things change so quickly that it's like, oh, We're not in control as much as we think we are, hey? And so I think that was definitely a big lesson. I mean, like globally, as I watch kind of the changes, but I think even personally in my life, I think it's easy to, you know, as we start to get into a routine and we make our plans and those are all good things that we do. But I think, yeah, sometimes we can kind of get out of balance of like where we're kind of depending more on our plans and, and sort of our routine versus just like leaning on God, leaning on his grace to achieve some of those things. And so I think for me, one of the lessons was definitely starting to see some areas where I was like, okay, I think I might have depended too much on my plans here or I really thought I was in control here and I quite wasn't. And which I think was a good lesson because I realized, oh, like I don't have to like have it under control. I can't even have it under control. And it was something joyful about surrendering to like, oh man, God, like you're in control. Like, this is not my, I am not writing my life. I'm not in charge of my life. You're writing it and you're a much better story writer than me. (laughs) So yeah, I think that was one of the big lessons was just starting to rest a bit more and like, okay, Lord, like what do you have? Let's go, let's do it. What do you have? I'm going to (laughs) rest and let's go for it. And then it's been cool to kind of see him do some cool things this year as I leaned on him more.
1: I think that's a lesson for everybody as well, because it's like you planned yourself for 2020 and then God just like, okay, this is not how it's going to go. And it just brings <laughs> yeah. you back to that scripture that says a man plans his way and God directs their path. Uh, so, you know, and one of the things I learned this year is like God is not a God of routine, you know? So you just yeah. have to trust him, put yeah. your plans out and just trust him. And, <laughs> you know, don't be like at nine o'clock, I'm doing this, 10 o'clock, I'm going to do this. Right. It's just going to change. I'm sure people were like, oh, by 2020, this I'm going to achieve this, and I'm going to do. Yes, some people have been able to, but other people have
0: not been able to. And God is still God. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, and maybe that wasn't the plan, but maybe they discover there's a better plan. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so let's go
1: to our third and last segment and it's the LTT topic, Let's Talk Tuesdays. We normally have on social media, it has ended, but these are some of the topics that I'm bringing back here to hear a different perspective. And the question, very simple, simple question. (laughs) What are you most grateful for in 2020?
0: All right, you're hitting me with those 2020, the 2020 questions, hey? All right, what am I most grateful for? I think honestly, definitely like family support. So I live here. I have um, family that lives in the same city as me. And I think, man, especially with the like quarantine and the stay at home order, except for family. Yeah. I think that would have been quite tough and just hearing different people's experiences and the stats of just how hard that is, right? We're social creatures. We've been made for relationship, for connection, for fellowship. And so I think it was very hard to go months with the stay at home and just with the social distancing, which made sense because of where we were at, obviously with COVID. It was just hard in terms of staying in touch, staying plugged in, staying connected, staying in community. And so I am so grateful for my family here. It's one of those things where at first we were like, okay, what is happening? And so I (laughs) kind of just like took myself over there and I was like, okay, I'm living here now. But yeah, it was a really good time, I think, for us to just... Um, bond, and it was such a special gift from God just to have the time to just gel and just to grow and love each other a bit more. Yeah, we had some interesting things where people took up cooking, some people that were never cooking before, took up some cooking lessons, other people that weren't quite athletic took up some more working out videos, myself. <laughs> and yeah, it was just a good, I'm really grateful for that space that was created, even though yeah, we had to lay down some other joys, like some other, um, you know, routine, weekly activities that got carried Cancelled, but but this way we got to create some other ways that we could spend time and have meaningful connections. And so, yeah, I'm
1: grateful for that. Listen, that part in the exercise thing—I <laughs> tried <laughs> to do some exercise. I'm like, I need to get a six-pack, you know? Right and <laughs> I put okay. this thing out from the internet, and it's like a 30-day workout. Girl, <laughs> I did only one <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: feel you.
1: Oh man! The thing is, it's not even that it was hard. There was this one thing. I could do the squats. I could do the push-ups. The leg lifts. I thought it was gonna be easy. Like I thought that was the simplest thing, Jilan If I tell you, it was one. Just the first day, seven leg lifts. I could not even do it. <laughs> oh man! Weak in the legs. Like I did that for one. I've been looking at that paper. It's right in front of my mirror. I've been looking at other people oh. like, when am I going to go back to that? Nikas <laughs> <laughs> is like oh.
0: crazy. Oh, no. I hear you, man. Especially during COVID, I was opening my fridge like 10 to like 20 times a day. Like just looking for something new. It's like, Jalan, there's nothing new in this fridge. Like I'd open it and be like, oh, maybe, maybe some like steak or some like kinky or like Something, Bene Chin, Something, something in that fairy godmother has dropped, right? <laughs> Precisely. Ah, uh, so yeah, the, those COVID pounds are real. So one had to uh, go to the gym and or start working out. But yeah, don't worry. Maybe we can try a plan together or something. Maybe. <laughs>
1: The thing is, at home, I don't eat much at home. I eat more when I'm outside. I actually appreciated the fact that I was at home because it's okay. like, there's nothing to eat, there's nothing to eat, and I can just make myself <laughs> something light and be gone. But most of the times, my first meal of the day is like at noon or one o'clock, unless I'm like really, really want something to drink. And that would be like a coffee or a tea like at 9 a.m. because I'm working or something like that. And that's all I'll have till like maybe 3 p.m. So mm-hmm. food at yeah. home for me has been okay when it comes to food. Food, but I just feel for you okay, guys. Okay, good.
0: Good for you. Good. I'm glad for you, Joyce. I'm so glad. <laughs> Can you tell I'm glad? <laughs> I'm aggressively happy for
1: you. <laughs> that's why I'm like Corona has been getting some glory like Corona (laughs) though it is bad but it's been getting some glory like I've been okay and I keep checking my weight and like last week I was like "Mm, um, I feel like I've lost weight and I went to check and I I only lost like a kilo or two and I'm like okay like I felt okay but I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs)
0: anyway before I go on a (coughs) we digress (laughs) I know I know we did we did just telling how 2020. Oh, but I'm sure the listeners can appreciate that. I'm sure some of you listening have gained those COVID pounds. So you can relate. <laughs> At least you can relate to me, not Joyce over here who's losing weight.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get something to do on social media and start doing like some workouts for some people. I still need to be f- keep fit, seriously. Yeah, I, I need to. It's not about just having sex back. It's about keeping fit. Because <laughs> I believe that if both of us should run, you run farther than I would because you are fit. <laughs> and I am not. <laughs> So I think this brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. It was amazing. I really, really appreciate this. I know we laughed a lot at the end, but it
0: was (laughs) good. Thank you so much, Jelan, for doing this. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I'm so glad. It's good to chat. It's good to always talk about it and remember where I'm at, where I was and where I am going. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to the Barrier Brickers Connor podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions. Suggestions and compliments to the BB Corner Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the West Africa.